Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 162. As always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, or even during a pandemic. What better way to end your hard day than with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue? But we do ask you drink our Canadian premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in our guest for episode 162 of the Red and White Authority. No stranger to this podcast. As a matter of fact, I think he holds the record for the longest podcast ever, which I think checked in just under two hours. That's right. It, it was many years ago. Uh, that is, uh, uh, and I can't believe I'm saying this, former Red Wing goaltender Jimmy Howard joins us. Jimmy, thanks for being on the Authority once again. Really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me, Art. Episode 162, man, time flies. Yeah. What what number was I originally? I don't know. You know, you had to be. I can double. I should have double checked that. But you had to be within the first twenty for sure. And and I can remember we had to move rooms. It was lasted so long. They moved us. And uh, uh, you were not feeling well that day. Uh, I think you were losing your voice. And I still kept you. You know, I, yeah. I, I, you know, a little under the weather and you still kept me for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I still kept you. And then, and actually one of my all time favorite podcasts, uh, was with, uh, was in Nashville after a practice. It was during the dad's trip where I sat down with you and your dad. And I can't tell you, that was just such a wonderful experience for me. And then watching father and son kind of reminisce about, you know, Jimmy Howard, the young goaltender when you were a child and all that, that was just a great one. And your dad, obviously just a, uh, just a super guy. I mean, I, you know, he, uh, uh, his name is James too. Who would have thought that? So, uh, <laughs> shocker, <laughs> yeah, right? really shocker, very big shocker, but, uh, but it's always great to have you on and, uh, you know, let's, let's get right to the, the, the crux of it. Uh, uh, you know, retiring a career red wing, uh, you know, 246 victories, third all time behind, obviously, Terry Sawchuck and Chris Osgood, your good buddy, our good buddy, really. I mean, I love Ozzy yeah. just as much as you do. But um, was it a difficult decision? Because when you announced it, you really seemed to be at peace that it even seemed like to me that, you know, you just came to the realization, I'm not having fun. I just, you know, unfortunately, I, what I've been doing my whole life, I just maybe don't want to do that anymore. I think, to be honest with you, our COVID was a blessing in disguise with uh, me retiring. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, last the, the way the whole season ended and everything like that obviously leaves any athlete, you know, a bitter taste in their mouth. But, uh, you know, as time stretched on, as the pandemic stretched on, as the season, you know, got shoved, you know, further and further back, uh, it, for me, it just one day I was out there on the ice, like I've said time and time again, that I was getting hit by pucks and I was like, this just is not fun anymore. And from that day forward, I haven't taken a shot. And, uh, you know, I don't regret it uh, one bit. I think uh, the the extra time off, um, you know, allowed to, allowed to sink in um, for me that it was, uh, you know, time to hang up the skates. Well, you know, I, and I don't want to dwell on last year. I mean, the the team only won 17 games, you know, uh, your overall record, 223-2, I'm sure, stunned all of us, you know, who have followed your career. You know, goals against over four, save percentage, 882. I mean, it was... Sick numbers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you look at that, 
Uh, I, I mean, did you... I, I mean, obviously, you take full responsibility. You have always been a stand-up guy. Whether Red Wings win, lose, or at one time draw, I guess, uh, you always came out, you always spoke, you always had something. Did you? Were there nights where you're driving home where you're thinking, my God, I was an all-star not that long ago. How can mm-hmm. I just kind of, how can my game just be completely gone? Well, I've given the analogy before. I felt like I was in quicksand. No matter how hard I tried and tried to get out of it, the more and more I sank. Uh, you know, just uh, I got into my head, you know, too much to the point where I switched equipment. Like, that's totally unlike me. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it was just one of those years where just, I, you know, I'm not going to – it doesn't define me as a player. Right. Um, you know, it's just one of those years where – it's just tough to ex- explain. Like it, it was just, you know, the perfect storm. Well, yeah, and, and the reason I ask you is because much like our good friend Chris Osgood, who uh, we're gonna, people are going to think he's going to be joining us shortly. We've mentioned him so much already, or at least I have. But there was a point in Ozzy's career where he had to reinvent himself. You actually did the same exact thing where mm-hmm. you were at a point where it's, hey, am I going to – you know, regain the starter's job in net for the wings, or am I going to be like a backup and maybe even be a journeyman? I mean, you know, I can see how, you know, I mean, you guys process all this stuff in your head. I know it's, you probably have all kinds of things racing through your head. Um, did you think that, okay, I've done it before. It's time to reinvent myself. Or was it more of a, an honest discussion where yourself, where you just said, I'm just not having fun. You know, the it's time to call it a career. Uh, it never even dawned on me that, uh, you know, this summer or anything that I was going to have to reinvent myself. It was more, you know, as, uh, as everything, you know, progressed with the pandemic and, you know, being home around, around the kids and everything like that, I just kind of put, you know, one foot out the door. And then, you know, that one day it was like, boom, the door shut. So it was, uh, uh, it was a culmination of, you know, a lot of things over the course of, uh, you know, being home, being around, being around my kids, you know, becoming close with them again, that came to, that also helped me come to the realization that, uh, you know, there's more than just, uh, you know, hockey and watching these kids, uh, uh, you know, grow up, um, you know, is way more worth my time than going around and chasing, you know, the Stanley cup that may never, you know, come to fruition. So, uh, you know, leaving my family and having to quarantine away from them played another huge role in in my decision of, uh, you know, retiring. But, uh, uh, you know, like I said, like once I shut that door behind me, like I haven't looked back and I haven't, you know, had any like what ifs or, you know, or anything like that. So I've just sort of, you know, sat back and, and, you know, become a fan and uh, of watching, you know, the guys play and watching, you know, other teams in the NHL play and, and, you know, enjoying, you know, helping um, raise my kids. How, what do you miss about it? Is it just the competition? Is it the guys like we always hear? I mean, not many people say they miss the actual game that retire. It's more just the camaraderie that they miss. I miss the guys. I miss being down around the dressing room. I miss everyone in the dressing room from the trainers, um, you know, all the way up through, uh, you know, I miss, you know, but they don't even get to do this this year, but, you know, 
going on the road and just being the guys and going to dinner and, uh, you know, just hanging out. Uh, do I miss the travel? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> do I miss, you know, putting my body through hell every single day? Um, uh, no, but, uh, uh, you know, I miss, uh, I guess you can say the finer things of, of the NHL lifestyle of just the camaraderie and, uh, you know, the competing, I, I do miss the competing in front of all the people, but, they don't even get to do that this year. So I, right. you know, I go, and I guess if there was a good time to, you know, hang a lot, Bob, you know, now is, you know, a better time than ever. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, well, you definitely are missed, you know, I mean, even though, I mean, heck, uh, you know, I, I've talked to the several new additions like Bobby Ryan. I've talked to him several times. I've never actually met Bobby Ryan, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it is a, it is a weird, uh, uh, a weird vibe going through. Um, when you look back at it and, and you look at everything, you know, I, I, you know, I can remember, and you may not, and because I sat next to you on the bus uh, when we, we we were in Toronto, and they made the Red Wings play a game at seven thirty on the twenty third of December, and it was a game that I think the Red Wings might have actually lost in overtime or something. And I remember getting back there and it was now it was Christmas Eve morning because it was after midnight and just sitting there. And I remember sitting next to you and you and I like looking at it and you were like, God, I can't believe it's Christmas Eve. And it was just so weird. And it kind of dawned on me at that point, no matter, you know, a great job, you're a Red Wing goaltender. You know, I have a great job. I'm traveling with the freaking Red Wings, you know, which I, which I absolutely love, but yet here it is, Christmas Eve morning. Granted, it's early in the morning, and yeah. you, you know we're we're like the only clowns that are out on the road at that time. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I mean, so there, yeah, as great as it was, there was some sacrifice, and most of it, as you've alluded to on several occasions, is time away from your family. You know, I mean, oh. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, being a professional athlete, like obviously it comes with, you know, a lot of sacrifice, uh, you know, on the part of your family and the athletes. Uh, and, you know, part of that is, you know, missing birthdays and everything like that. And, uh, um, you know, the only thing you can do, you know, as a professional athlete or whether it's a coach or a GM or anyone in that situation is, uh, you know, when you're done to, you know, help spread the love a little bit more, you know, throughout, throughout the family. So I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to do, uh, do right now, you know, help the wife out around the house and the best I can. And, uh, uh, you know, wear the chauffeur hat and drive the, uh, the boys around for hockey and, and all their, uh, athletics. Well, you know, I, I, you know, I've told you this before, and uh, yeah, we'll get into hockey and everybody. Yeah, you know, I haven't, I really haven't talked to Jimmy in a while too, and, and, and like I said, I miss him. And so, uh, I told you this in the room, and I think I told you a couple of times when your daughter, nothing against your boys because they're great kids. I mean, I love them, all, all you know, all three of them, even though the the youngest one I've never actually seen yet. But uh, when your daughter Olivia was born, there seemed to be a change in you i mean more like as corny as it sounds that you seem to be at peace i don't know maybe because it was your first daughter you know it was uh you know another woman yeah, in the took, house it you, took all the pressure off me to get rachel a girl <laughs> <laughs> because apparently any other way we just pump out boys <laughs> yeah it took all the pressure off she yeah. got her little girl but 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 really you know hey i mean i think there's a lot of truth in that statement i'm not but but you just seem to be 
so infatuated with your daughter? I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, uh, you're 100% correct with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, she I, has, I, she has, she's two, she's going to be three here at the beginning of May and she's got me absolutely wrapped around her finger already. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a hundred percent true. Now, now do, uh, in the Howard family and maybe in Rachel's family, is it mostly, are they mostly boys or is, uh, or, or is it like an even mix between boys and girls when, 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 uh, uh when children are born? No, like, uh. Well, Rachel, uh, Rachel grew up with one sister. I only grew up with one sister. My sister has all girls. Wow. Yeah, and my uh, and my wife's sister, she has two boys. Wow. And we have three, three boys and a girl. So uh, you know, it poor Olivia on Rachel's side of the family's got uh, her work cut out for. Her. Yeah, really. It sounds like it. Well, you know, but uh, but I mean, it was great. I mean, I, I just I, I, I told everybody, I said, you know, Jimmy's different. You know, his daughters really had a had, not not that you were ever a bad guy because you never were. You're always, as I said, top notch. But but that's just great. So now you're enjoying retirement. You're doing all kinds of things. Uh, you know, I, I know that I know that you did something with the NHL network. Do you have you decided what? where your path is going to lead you at this time besides, you know, besides fatherhood? Uh, no, to be honest with you, there has like, there was some talks with the NHL network about, uh, you know, possibly joining them. Um, but nothing's really come to fruition yet. Um, who knows? They may be going in another direction or just because of this pandemic might be slowing everything up. So, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, I can talk to, you know, one of the producers again, and, uh, um, see where I stand. Cause you know what, I think I, I would enjoy, you know, being part of the hockey world in some way or some other, and not just, be, you know, not being a coach. <laughs> you know? Those guys, those guys, uh, you know, long hours behind a, a laptop watching hockey. So, uh, I don't know if I could do that, but uh, you know, I'd love to be a, you know, hopefully try out the other side of the camera and, uh, um, see how, you know, I do there. Yeah. And if well, it doesn't I... work and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I, you know, hopefully I can just move on to, you know, the next thing. Well, but what, the what... first thing, first things first is I got to get my, I want to go back to school and uh, finish up my degree. I got one year left at the University of Maine, and um, you know I've been in talks with them. Uh, COVID obviously messed everything up because I was supposed to start uh, this past fall, but hopefully I can start next fall and uh, finish it all up online. Well, that's good. Well, you know, and, and I think many athletes that leave school early, uh, I, I would say most of them, I don't know what the percentage is, but a significant amount, go back and get their degree, you know, finish their degree. And, uh, and we're talking some guys who've been out of college for like a number of years, but that's the first thing they do. And so, you know, more power to you. Now, what will this degree be in Jimmy? Uh, well, when I was at school, it was supposed to be kinesiology, but since I can't, I won't be attending, you know, in class I, and it'll all be done on online. It'll be called university studies. 
Oh, that's good. You know, that's yeah. that is not a bad degree. I know that uh, University of Michigan has a a general studies degree, which mm-hmm. is a a real liberal arts. It's it's kind of a little bit of a potpourri of everything, which I think actually makes you a better person, been more well rounded. If I if I can uh, uh, get on that, so 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 you're gonna <laughs> you're you're gonna get a, a degree from the University of Maine and, and the Black Bears. And uh, yeah. well, let, let let's go back then to the young Jimmy Howard. You know, I always joke with you. Uh, about uh, uh, that, you know, when you left your house and looked one way down the street, you could actually see Canada. Is that, how close were you to the Canadian border? And this would have been Quebec, right? It wouldn't have been Ontario. No, it was Ontario. Oh, it was Ontario. Okay. Yeah. Augensburg, my hometown, is tucked on the New York side, uh, New York state side border, uh, you know, the St. Lawrence. So, the close, the biggest city close to Ogdensburg is Ottawa, which is about fifty minutes uh, oh, okay. north. And there was a, there was a bridge right there in Ogdensburg that connected us to Canada. And from right there, you could jump on the four hundred one, head east to Montreal, west to Toronto, and I believe it was the four sixteen that connected you uh, up to Ottawa. So I mean, it was you know all right there for you know, young, young boy, um, you know, play hockey. Uh, we used to, our teams from Ogdensburg used to always jump over the border, whether it was just the practice over there, since we only had one rink in, in Ogdensburg and ice time was at a premium. Um, we would go over there to just to practice some days after school. And, you know, we'd play a lot of tournaments over there as well. So how, how beneficial do you think it was being so close to Canada then that, uh, that, you, you know, because I, I would imagine at this point, even though American hockey has come a long way and uh, that, uh, you know, playing uh, in Canada mostly or with Canadians, uh, uh, how, how much do you think of an impact that had on you, uh, you know, becoming the uh, 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 becoming a, a professional goaltender, a professional hockey player? Well, I think it was, you know, it was helpful for, you know, all the kids growing up in upstate New York because in order to go play, you know, triple a hockey in the summertime or triple a in the winter time you have to drive through uh two snow belts down to syracuse or you know through the adirondack mountains to get to glens falls uh saratoga new york so uh for us to be able to just you know jump over the border and uh you know play triple a hockey in the summertime and um um, you know, to be welcomed up there was, uh, I think, huge, not only for myself, but for a lot of kids growing up in, in the North Country. You know, it, it's interesting. You've al- you always wanted to be a goalie, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you. I always wanted to be a goalie, and I'm kind of a goaltending freak. I've always kind of, you know, I, I always have gravitated. It explains my- a lot. Art. You know? It explains a lot. <laughs> but, 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 but the reason I wanted to do it was because in all of team sports, it's really the only position I could think of where you play the whole game. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> you know, and I figured, God, that's, I mean, if I want, if I'm an attention seeker, what better position than goal? I mean, granted, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of risk in that too, but, uh, but where did that fascination of you wanting to be in the net from the time you were a little boy and then it obviously blossoming into an excellent professional career? Well, growing up in Ogdensburg, uh, New York, and upstate New York, my dad was the high school coach for um, OFA, Ogdensburg Free Academy. And so I was a rink rat at a young age. Like, he 
you know, after school, he'd be over there at the, uh, at the dome, um, where they played. And I'd always, uh, you know, be running around the dressing room and I was always drawn to the goal equipment, um, you know, probably because of the painted mass and, you know, it being so unique, it just stood out. Uh, so I was just drawn from it from the get go where whether I had a tennis ball or a tape ball, I was always bugging, you know, the high school kids to, you know, shoot on me and I'd always grab the stuff whether the guy just got off of practice and it was all sweaty or if it was dry, I'd, I'd be grabbing their stuff and putting it on. So that was kind of a pain in the, pain in the ass. <laughs> the <school> kids. <laughs> but, I, mean, <laughs> now, my did, dad. Did, 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 I mean, when you're, so when you're announcing, Hey, I want to be a goalie. Is anybody, is your dad saying, well, you know, J- you know, Jimmy, that's, that's great and all that. Uh, and I'm glad you're taking an interest in hockey. But goaltender, are you kidding me? I mean, did anybody try to talk you out of it? Well, he didn't let me start right from the get-go. I think it was a second year might or first year squirt where the position opened up, and I was like, Dad, I want to play Matt. And he thought it was just going to be a phase, so he allowed me to do it. But first, he, you know, he made sure that I was a good enough skater so once I got into the equipment, I'd still be able to move around. Um, so I got – you know, I got into the equipment and I just loved it. Just everything about it. Um, you know, just being out there and, and making saves. Uh, I don't know why. I just was drawn to it from a very, very young age. When you, uh, uh, so when when you're progressing and you're going through, and you know, and I, you know, again, I, I've talked to you so much. I keep saying, well, I've asked you this before, and virtually almost every question I'm going to ask you, we've uh, talked about. When I look at your adult life, because you went to the development program, which was in Ann Arbor at that time. Now it's in now it's in Plymouth for the uh, for the development program for Team yeah. USA. Uh, you and then the four years you spent in Grand Rapids or so, and then. And then all these years in Detroit, you pretty much have spent at least more maybe than half your life in the state of Michigan. Yeah, we consider ourselves Michiganders now, Art. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> as long as your children grow up Michigan fans, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for them. <laughs> oh, <you'd> be... <laughs> well, they're not Michigan fans. They're actually they're drawn to state for some reason. I don't know why. Really? Well, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know either, Jimmy, but you're going to have to change that. Or Maine. <laughs> I mean, University of Maine, I'm, all, I'm cool with that. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it has anything to do with my Billa family being such big uh, Michigan fans, and my, you know, my two oldest boys wanted to be different. But uh, from the from the get go, whenever they said, you know, go like go Michigan, they'd say boo state. Like so, I don't know if it was just to, you know, tick them off or what. But uh, it'd be difficult. Funny. But that's. Yeah, that's yeah. James and Henry for you. Well, what about you know? I mean, you know, we talked about the process. Obviously, you're moving up. I, I mean, I, I told, I, I remember, I remember a uh, a game where I think you uh, it was a playoff game, an NCAA tournament game, where it seemed to go on forever. I, I, I think unfortunately, Maine might have lost, but it's one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen. I don't know if it was a one nothing or you know, you can you know where uh, talk about college hockey and and, and the, the evolution of that and what drove you to the University of Maine. Because usually, guys from the development program, most of them, you know, and I back then, it, it seemed to end up at Michigan or Notre Dame. Uh, well, I think the game you're referring to, the one that uh, seemed like it was going on forever, um, 
uh, what is it, the Hockey East uh, finals game. Oh, okay. Between that might have been um, Maine and UMass, but we only went three overtimes. Nothing compared to what uh, the two teams just did. I, drawing a blank here. Who oh, yeah, the, the uh, uh, North Dakota and, yeah. uh, and uh, Minnesota Duluth. Minnesota Duluth, yeah. yeah. Nothing compared to what they just went through, but uh, – um, yeah, going picking Maine uh, is weird. Like I, growing up, I was a huge Michigan fan. Always wanted to go to Michigan. Beautiful. But but when I got out to the U.S. program, there was another goalie there that had already committed to uh, Michigan or was in the process of committing, and that was uh, Al Montoya. Oh, okay. Well, so they so Red had chosen um, Al before Al had even gotten to the U.S. seventeen program. Oh, really? So, so he committed then. All right. Yeah. So he was already committed there. Uh, I went to Michigan State on a visit, but somebody by the name of Ryan Miller was there. Oh, God. And he, and he wasn't <laughs> sure. And he wasn't sure if he was uh, leaving or not at the time. So it was kind of tough to, to pick to go to Michigan State because, you know, after playing at the U.S. program, I wanted to, you know, step in, you know, at a program and play right away rather than than sitting a year. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and, and Maine, you know, uh, you know, Maine at that time, you know, they fall off, I guess, a little bit. But I mean, but tr- truthfully, that they were a powerhouse uh, collegiate hockey program at that point. Yeah, they were. I mean, uh, the year before I committed, they had already been. They lost in the national championship to Minnesota four three, I believe, was the uh, final in that game. So, uh, um. When I got to the University of Maine, uh, I met a gentleman by the name of Grant Stanbrook, mm-hmm. and he was very influential with uh, with me going there, um, primarily because he had worked with my uh, childhood uh, idol growing up, Mike Richter. He coached mm-hmm. him when he was at the University of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, so, you know, like that got my attention right away. But also, you know, his track record with goalies from the university of Maine was, uh, was unprecedented with the amount of guys that, you know, went from the university to, to play in the NHL. I mean, you had guys like, uh, Gar Snow, um, Dunham, uh, I believe Chris, uh, Scott King, Alfie Michaud, um, you know, wow. myself, like he, Frank Doyle, who was my partner at uh, Maine, also played a little bit in the NHL. Ben Bishop, um, even coach Scotty Darlin, uh, who, you know, obviously played in Chicago and right. Carolina. Uh, so he had, there's a lot, the list of, you know, goalies when you walk from the dress room to the ice with all the players was, uh, was pretty cool to see how many goalies that, you know, played at the University of Maine and actually went on to, you know, playing the NHL, and I'm, I don't know how I forgot these two, but Mike Morrison and Matt Yates too also played in the NHL. So, he the list of goalies that he had under him, under his tutelage, uh, you know, while being there, um, you know, really, really drove home that uh, that was the spot for me. And also, uh, it felt like home when I was up there. Uh, the university, the campus, it, you know, it's not too big, but it's not too small. Uh, you know, there's. Still, when I was there, there was, you know, 12,000, um, you know, kids on campus uh, when school was in session. So it was still, you know, a decent size uh, uh, university compared to, 
well, not compared to, you know, Michigan or Michigan State, but, uh, uh, you know, it was, still, it was just big enough for me and, and it felt like home and all the guys there were, were awesome. So it was, uh, it was a no-brainer for, for me to sign on there. Was it was it similar to upstate New York, Maine, or I mean, it's still pretty. I think it's north of actually New York. You know, no, if you if you actually draw a line straight across from Ogdensburg, New York, to Bangor, Orono, Maine. Yeah, it's like it's on it's on the same exact line. Oh, really? Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, because yeah. you know, because I always thought that. You know, Michigan's north, but when I look at where Maine is compared to Michigan, I'm thinking, God, yeah. Maine's pretty high up there, it looks like. Yeah. But, uh, New York, people forget how big New York State actually is. Right. Well, they just see Manhattan, you know, yeah. and that's about yeah. it. You Everyone know. always asks me, where are you from? New York? Oh, you're from the city. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I know. About seven, six and a half, seven hours north. It's well, about the same distance to drive out here from Augensburg than it is to New York City. Well, I know in upstate New York that they have a Livonia there because the city that I grew up in primarily, although I was born in Detroit, um, uh, Livonia, Michigan, um, was founded by settlers from Livonia, New York, from upstate New York, who moved to... Uh, you know, to the Great Lakes state for some reason, and uh, uh, that's how the the town got its name was from people from uh, uh, from upstate New York. And you, you this is a very educational. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a good trivia question for you right there. Right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, use that someday when you're uh, when they open bars back up. And, yeah, you know, you can get a beer maybe. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, uh, but with that said, yeah, you know, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but when you get to the USA program. Everybody that I've ever talked to that has that is that has worn the colors said that they didn't realize what it meant to really be an American until they traveled overseas and they saw how America was perceived overseas. Did you have some sort of enlightenment? Obviously, you're proud to wear the red, white, and blue. What was that whole experience not playing in Canada or the the United States primarily, but traveling the world and playing uh, overseas? Uh, depended on where we went, to be honest with you, Art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we went to Tumen, Siberia, we weren't, uh, they weren't very fond of us when we went over there with, uh, I think it was the Five Nations Cup, if I remember correctly. And a uh, lot, of, lot of Russians given USA bust the finger as we drove to and from the hotel to, really? to the rink. Oh yeah, we weren't very welcome there. But uh, I mean, to be honest, wherever we wherever we traveled to, it was always uh, it was always great to go out and uh, you know learn other countries' cultures. Um, you know, whether it was Sweden, Finland, Germany, um, Slovakia. Uh, it was it was always fun to 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 go out there and, and learn their customs and their cultures and and you know it was just put the icing on the cake was that you're over there representing your country and wearing your nation's colors. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be uh, I guess in, in in my you know career the one thing that I really would love to do sometime and you know uh, hopefully soon would be to cover an olympic games i mean when when i was growing up the olympics were 
you know, they were a little bit political, obviously, because of the situation the world was in with the Iron Curtain mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I mean, it just seems to me, but that environment, an international environment where teams from all over the world, and I know hockey is a little bit limited in this aspect, but I guess it can't, it does, it can't get much better than wearing the red, white, and blue and playing and representing your country. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I, I feel like social when when I was over at the Olympics for Sochi, uh, back here in the press, kind of it kind of got a black eye. I mean, I thought it was beautiful, it was gorgeous. The you know everything was, um, you know, kept very very clean, and they did an awesome job of putting on on the games. And then you read some articles back here of you know people trying to put a black eye on it, and I was like. Yeah, is there going to be some, you know, bumps in the road probably over there, Port? Yeah, but, I mean, they did a tremendous job putting it on. And, you know, the infrastructure that they had was, you know, second to none. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful buildings that the, that they put together over there. So, uh, yeah, like, it was... It was it, well, it sounds like a wonderful experience. I can remember uh, years ago in the Russian Five, and I got, uh, you know, Igor Larionov. I, I really bonded with him pretty well. And... Uh, you know, one day I was feeling good and I said, hey, Igor, let me, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I said, why do you hate Americans? Why, why do you want to kill us? Why do the Russians want to kill us? And he looked at me and he said, Art, I can ask you the same question. Why do you want to kill Russians? I said, what are you talking about? I don't want to kill Russians. He goes, exactly. I don't want to kill Americans. He goes, it's all politics. It's all politics. All he said, politics. He says, don't don't pay any attention to that. No one yeah. wants to kill anybody. He goes, remember this, Art. And I've, if I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times since he told me this. We're all made from the same material. <laughs> that's what he told me. You know? And I said, you know what, Igor? That's why you're the professor. You know, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, I, I try not to get caught up in that stuff. You know, I really don't. But, I mean, but it's a little different for me, you know, living here in uh, uh, in southeast Michigan to somebody like you who's actually traveling the world and, and playing for the United States. I, I'm sure it's a little bit different uh, experience that you've had uh, than uh, obviously I've had. But, uh, but anyway, um, moving forward, um, your... Uh, you, you, you know, you decide to leave the University of Maine uh, and, you know, you're one of the top goalies in the country. I mean, your save percentage, your goals against, I mean, you were definitely, you know, and I, and I actually follow college hockey forever. You know, that's why, uh, you know, I, I guess I saw the uh, the Hockey East Championship game, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the three overtime game, because I remember it being on TV. I always followed it, as I said, covered the CCHA for a number of years. Uh, and so, uh you're, you you applied to the draft, yet you weren't thinking when the Red Wings selected you that you were going to be selected by Detroit, did you? No clue. I was shocked. <laughs> Listen, like my meeting with Ken Holland, Jim Nill, and all the scouts the day before the draft was like, I'm not joking, it was like 15, 20 minutes long. It was very, very brief. Really, like, I mean, what, can you remember? I mean, I mean, Holland's a former goalie. I, I, I mean, what, what was it? What was it like? What did they ask you? Or were, were you prepared for anything? And walked out of there and said, "Wow, I didn't get much out of that at all." Well, I walked out of that meeting. I was like, "Oh, there's no way they're taking me." Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was. I was completely, like, I was completely blown away. But like, 
the next day when they took me in the second round. Like I like I thought all along like I'd be picked by LA. Wow, whoa, you yeah. so you'd be a king. Yeah, like well, they showed the most interest, you know, in me throughout the whole process. Really? Now, what, what can can you? I you know I, I know it's a, it a few years ago now, but what was that process like? What do they ask you, or do they do you talk hockey? Do you talk life? Is it or they, does it depend on on the team? Uh, it depends on you know the team. Uh, you know, LA obviously. I had several meetings with them. I had two at the combine. They came out to the university twice to meet with me. Um, so, like, uh, you know, leading into the draft, uh, they they had told me like how they had had three first round um, draft picks, and like they're probably they're leaning to use one on me. So, like, I thought I was going to LA. Uh, so, <laughs> like. Uh, but like going back into the meetings, like it was a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of it's talked about hockey, but um, obviously there's questions about your up, upbringing and, um, um, you know, how you are as a, as a person and everything like that. So, but I don't really remember any, you know, direct questions that really threw me off or threw me for a loop that, you know, where they're trying to, you know, trick you or play mind games with you. Right. Well, when you okay, we, now you're finally you, you know you're drafted. You're drafted by the by, by the Red Wings. You're drafted high uh, for a goaltender. You you know uh, and uh, uh, do you you know when you have maybe uh, a private a quiet moment when the jubilation kind of uh, uh, is has subsided a little bit? Do do you go to Ken Holland and say, "Wow, man, I had I I can't believe you guys drafted me. I never I never would have thought that they." Did you ever discuss it with him, maybe even years later, about how you never thought you were going to be a Red Wing? And uh, Holland was saying, oh, we were just, you know, we were we were trying to throw the uh, Kings off the scent or something. I, you know what? I've never talked to him about it. Really? Which is weird because Kenny and I have talked about everything. <laughs> he's, kind, he's kind of like my second father. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, hopefully one day in the future, I'll, you know, I'll bring it up to him. Um when we see each other again, but, uh, I've, I've never brought it up in, in, you know, the years past that I'm just, you know, trying to figure it all out. Cause like, like I said, I was, I was thoroughly shocked when they called my name when I was sitting in the stands there in Nashville. Well, you know, here you are, you know, you're, you're from upstate New York. You play a lot in Canada as you're growing up. Uh, you end up, uh, going to the, the development program in Ann Arbor for team USA. Uh, you're, you're a standout goaltender, uh, you're, uh, you go to the University of Maine at college hockey. You're one of the best college hockey goalies probably of all time. I mean, your numbers stand right up against anybody's. And, uh, uh, and, and then you're drafted by the Red Wings, and now the real world begins. You're a professional athlete. You're getting paid for your services. What was the beginning like for you, that experience, Grand Rapids, going to Detroit, your first camp? How did that all play out? Well, I realized right away that I was a uh, very small fish in a very big pond. <laughs> like my first training camp, you know, it was Steve's last year. Brendan Shannon was still there. Chelly, uh, you know, you got Nicholas from Pavel Datsu, Drape Smaltz, Ozzy, uh, Z, Lake, and the list just goes on and on. And 
I can remember riding the bus from the resort over to Traverse City uh, Arena, and I was sitting on the bus, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, these are like all my idols here." I'm about to step out. I'm about to step out on the ice with them. I was like, you know, uh, like I remember my billet family taking me to, you know, Red Wings game and watching these guys, you know, all play and, you know, and tuning in on TV and, you know, looking up to all these guys. And I'm like, holy cow, I am on a bus with them right now about to step on the ice. And that's, uh, that's where it sort of all started, you know, sunk in that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're part of something that's uh, way bigger than yourself. You know, now does, uh, do, do, you know, now you're a goalie. So I, I, I don't know, uh, 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 does Steve who, you know, is captain of the team, obviously does anybody come up and say something to you or do they let you guys kind of, even though you probably had like a development camp and your own little, maybe mini training camp before actual camp started, uh, do they, uh, uh, does do a vet, does a veteran come up to you and welcome you to the team or try to calm you down or or do they uh, do they ignore you you know for lack of a better term? Definitely didn't. They don't ignore you at all. Uh, they made <laughs> us all. They made us all feel you know right at home because obviously you know one day in their life they were in the same shoes we were. Right. So right. their first training camp and everything like that. Like, but I was fortunate enough, like where I came in early to, uh, to skate, you know, prior to going up to the prospects tournament. So I was on the ice with a lot of the guys, you know, down, um, you know, the drill skating or no, wasn't even at the drill at that point where they were, they would skate in the summertime at Troy sports center. Right. Right. I remember still, going there. Yeah. Yeah. So we were skating over in Troy sports center. And so meeting the guys there, um, Jim Bedard had run, you know, a goalie camp, a uh, little mini goalie camp for Manny, Ozzy and I, uh, and I forget who the other, or maybe it was just us three, um, in Niagara falls. And we were, so I had gotten to know uh, Manny and Ozzy uh, in Niagara Falls. So with them and Jim Bedard, like I'd already felt, uh, you know, comfortable. But uh, um, you know, wasn't wasn't quite ready to have you know Nick Lindstrom, Steve Eiserman, and Pavel and Z come in and shoot because I remember Babs yelling at me to mix in a save. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, did you just see who just shot on me? <laughs> these these are like future first ballot hall of famers like jeez let me, let me get my feet wet <laughs> oh man well you know we we've mentioned uh chris osgood a few times and uh i and, and and there were several times where i was believe it or not out with ozzy and uh his phone would ring and it always said you know it always said howie he goes oh it's jimmy again uh um, <laughs> yeah no, that is so messed up that he would say, "Oh, it's Jimmy again." He's the worst. He'll call you. He calls me like four or five times a day. <laughs> well, how talk about that relationship because that obviously is a real special relationship. You guys are really close. You're really tight. I mean, did that happen from day one when you met him? Would did, did Bedard have a lot to do with that to make sure that you guys were all on the same page? How did that whole thing evolve? Uh, just, you know, just how great of a guy he is. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's so weird. Like, people always say, like, oh, he's so quiet and he's so shy. I'm like, not once you get to know him, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> shut, he doesn't oh, no. shut up. He doesn't no, shut no. up once, <laughs> once you get to know him. And, 
and everything like that. But uh, I think, you know, right from, right from day one, you know, we sort of hit it off. Like, uh, um, you know, I looked up to him, um, you know, from the get go, like he, he helped me out a lot, taught me a lot. And, uh, um, you know, even when he was, you know, reinventing himself, uh, you know, coming out of that lockout year, like I, you know, there was some stuff that he would ask me like how to do out, out on the ice. And I always, you know, thought of that as a huge honor that, uh, here's this guy that, uh, you know, has two Stanley cups and he's asking me for advice, like for him to be that humble on how to, um, you know, do an on ice recovery slide or, or something that he was trying to, you know, pick up, I, you know, was, uh, it always struck home to me, like, you know, he, he's very, you know, down to earth and, uh, you know, just like, just like me. So, uh, uh, you know, our friendship just sort of, you know, blossomed over the years to, you know, what it is now where, you know, we can pretty much tell each other anything. Right. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you, I think you described him to a T. I mean, you know, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Darren McCarty thinks that Chris Osgood and I have some sort of a love affair going. Uh, he mentions <laughs> he mentions it all the time. But Ozzy was a guy that I gravitated gravitated to right away. Uh, got, got along very, very well. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I really, really love the guy. And uh, uh, and I know exactly what you're saying. With all that said, when you when you look at it, what was the what was the one thing, maybe piece of advice that uh, uh, that Ozzy gave you, because obviously he knew that you know you're an NHL caliber goalie. This is a young kid that is definitely going to have a a long and illustrious career in the NHL. He gave me a lot of advice uh, throughout the years, uh, and probably the one thing that you know sticks out the most is just live in the moment. When it's over, it's over with, and just and just move on to the next. There's nothing you can do about it. So uh that's what you know from day one that uh, he taught me um you know to do and it wasn't it wasn't until you know about halfway through my career that you know i sort of figured out how to do that right you know there there's some goaltenders and i won't mention them that can that would dwell on every goal they ever gave up and they would remember it you know for you know blow by blow they you could go by and say hey remember four years ago oh yeah i can tell you you know boom 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 and i'm thinking wow I'm not sure sure that's the mindset you should have as a goaltender because what's in the past is in the past. You just got to, and, and you're right. That's what Ozzy was always great from because he, he, you know, he gave up some doozies at times and, uh, but boy, he we just, all do. Yeah. We all do. It doesn't matter who you are. You still, we all give up some doozies at some point. <laughs> right. So he was able to move forward from it. Yeah. That much I'll give him, I'll give him credit for. One thing that I remember about you, I remember when you won your 200th career game as a Red Wing. And, uh, you know, we, we were in the media scrum, and uh, uh, I think this was just before I asked you about Jeff Blaschel in the process. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with, Jeff has a few key words he likes to say a lot. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, but with that said, I said, how does it feel? This must be an exhilarating feeling to get your 200th career win as a Red Wing. And you looked right at me, and you said, Art, it's great, I guess, but it should have happened sooner. I should have gotten this 200th victory, which tells me, which says a lot about you as a competitor and through injuries and all that. Um, it was a great mark, but I guess it should have happened sooner, right? I mean, you were yeah. just dissatisfied. What you know? Can you can you elaborate a little bit on that? 
Well, it just, like I said, like it, it should have happened sooner, you know, with the, with the injuries and everything like that and the time being, you know, significant time being missed over the course of, you know, some seasons, uh, you know, kind of, you know, it's kind of frustrating when, you know, you should have racked up, um, you know, a lot more wins, especially with the, you know, the teammates and the teams that, you know, I had in front of me. So, um, you know, obviously for me, you know, I love being out there and competing. I, I loved being out there and competing, you know, with the, the Red Wings jersey on. So for me, it felt like I should have been there a lot sooner than when I actually got there. Jimmy, I can remember telling people after you told me about the year 200 victory and how it should have came sooner, I said, that's why he's a pro. That's why he's an NHL goaltender, because it's not so much about what you just did. It's what could have happened or what's the next step. And I mean, I've always really admired uh, you about that is that, you know, you had a good balance. You always kept everything in perspective. Sure, you were happy you got to 200 wins. But boy, you know what? Jimmy Howard wanted 300 wins. He wanted 400 wins. He wanted, he wanted 800 wins. I mean, you know, the sky was always the limit for Jimmy Howard. Yeah, I mean, it was always uh, about getting better and improving yourself every single day. That's how, that's how I approached being a goalie at the uh, NHL level. So, yeah, it was always uh, something more that I felt like I could, you know, go out and improve. And that's what, you know, kind of drove me to keep, you know, keep going for as long as I did. Well, yeah, and you, and you did it, you know, you did it very, very well. I, I know that, uh, uh, you know, with retirement and, you know, coaching your boys and all that and, uh uh, you know, this Red Wings schedule, which, you know, they, they're playing virtually every other day. Uh, have you had a lot of time to check in on the team? And what I know you're rooting for. Most of them are your friends. Uh, uh, how do you think, uh, uh, do you see improvement, I guess, on the team? Where do you think the Red Wings are at at this point? I mean, definitely rooting for, you know, those guys every single night. Uh, uh, for the games that I can catch, you know, obviously now with the boys' busy, busy schedule with hockey, it's uh, – it's tough to, you know, catch every game, but, uh, you know, I try to watch as much as I can, but, uh, for the games that I've seen, it seems like, you know, they're very competitive. They work, you know, extremely, extremely hard out there. Um, you know, go figure they're professional athletes. They play in the NHL. They're going to work hard, but, uh, uh, they're, you know, it's just going to take some time. Uh, I think, you know, as, as a fan group at the Red Wings fan group, you you know, you want it to turn the corner, you know, faster than, you know, probably is going to be. But uh, I think, you know, they've definitely, you know, out there, you know, trending in the right, right direction. Well, let me ask you, Jimmy, I know that the, uh, uh, we're, we're doing this on, on, on Monday, uh, April 5th. Uh, we're, and a week from today, actually at the time we're doing this right around now, uh, uh, will be the NHL trade deadline. What is it like to be in a room knowing that a trade deadline is impending? Is it, are guys antsy? Uh, do, you, do you ignore about it? Is there discussion about it amongst the players? Well, there's definitely discussion. I think uh, you're a little on edge because, uh, you know, the anticipation of the trade, trade deadline coming and, you know, knowing that you're not going to be in the playoffs, I there's a possibility that, you know, you could be moved. So, um, you know, I remember, you know, being in, you know, several cities uh, and, and you know, watching your phone, you know, you know, blow up saying that so-and-so just got traded and, uh, 
you know, you just sort of, you just sort of sitting there and you're like, geez, I wonder if my phone's going to call, but uh, or ring, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's never easy because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, athletes, we are human beings, but, and we do have emotions and everything like that, but at the same time, it's part of the business and, um, you know, trade deadlines, they happen in, in every sport and, you know, they come and they go and, you just have to, you know, wait and see how everything unfolds. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, last year, you know, lost, uh, you know, one of my good buddies uh, to the trade deadline with, uh, with Mike Green heading off to Edmonton. So, you know, that was, that was tough, but, uh, um, you know, it, it, hockey life goes on and you have to go out there and continue to keep being a professional. Do you were you ever close to being traded? Did you ever think that you were on the verge of being traded? Or because I always assumed that you were pretty safe every trade deadline. I, I I never saw you being moved unless during a rebuild you went to uh, you know Kenny Holland mostly in this case and asked to uh, and asked maybe to see if he could move you. I that's a great question. I have no idea how close I ever you know was or if I ever were, were was close being traded like I don't know that's a good, good question I guess for uh for Kenny <laughs> I tried to I tried to block that out whenever the uh, trade deadline was coming around and you know you hear your name you know swirling in the rumor mill I just uh you know try to block it out and uh you know go about my business and you know if it were to happen it happened and it's part of the business. You just have to move on. But I have no idea if I was ever closer or not. Well, you, well, you have a couple of questions here. You can tell Ken that uh, you were surprised that he drafted you. And uh, you can also ask him, did you ever consider trading me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken, did you, did you ever get to the point you're so sick of me? <laughs> you never trade me at the deadline? <laughs> never, Howie. Never, Howie. You were always a Red Wing, Howie. Always a Red Wing. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, looking back on this career, this illustrious career, as I said, your third in victories all time uh, in Red Wing history. Uh, I know you probably haven't had a whole lot of time to reflect upon it, but what what are you most proud of? What what are you going to take away from that from this experience of being a career Red Wing for fourteen seasons? Exactly that, being able to you know say that I was a Red Wing for or part of the Red Wings organization for 14 years. Uh, I find that to be a huge accomplishment, especially in today's, uh, you know, NHL with the way guys are constantly on the move. So to, to be able to, you know, say that I got to play with one organization and have it be with the Red Wings and such, uh, you know, such a great organization, original six with such deep history um, is in my eyes, a huge accomplishment. Uh, you know, I, I remember Steve Eiserman said that when he was a little kid, he would look like a, a baseball or a hockey card. You turn around and obviously you have the guy's career stats there. He always thought it was cool when he would just see one guy f with one team, you know, like, a, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's going to be, that's all your hockey card is going to say is Detroit. I mean, that's, uh, that, 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 you know, that's a testament obviously to you and the player you were though. Yeah. I mean, I think just like Steve, that's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, now it seems like you turn, you know, the, my boys, you know, have cards and you turn them around and there's a list of teams there. So to, to be able to, on the back of my card to say just Grand Rapids and Detroit, uh, is pretty special to me. 
Right. Well, you know what I also like is that uh, I know in the All-Star game a couple of years ago, you brought your sons and they seem to be big uh, Henrik Lundqvist fans. And that's one of the guys that uh, you guys had legendary battles against each other when you were Red Wings and Rangers. Oh, man, they were they were in complete uh, shock out there. They were they were starstruck the entire time. Um, yeah, I mean, whether it was McDavid or the the King or Mark Andre Fleury or uh, Nikita Kucherov, I remember Henry sitting right there next to Kuch, and my stall, uh, my change stall, was right next to Kuch's. And um, Henry goes, "You know, you score on my dad all the time." <laughs> <laughs> I would say, "Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. He's kind of got my number, Henry." So. Uh, um, it was just fun, fun experience for me to, you know, be able to bring my boys that, you know, were old enough at the time to, to realize, you know, who those guys all were. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, you were always up again to, to play the Rangers. You, you talk about Mike Richter, your, uh, you know, your boyhood idol. Uh, uh, I, I mean, just something about Madison square garden. I mean, I've been there many, many times. Heck I was even there, believe it or not for the circus one year. I don't know how I got roped into that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but with that said, I mean, it is, and I'm just not saying cause you're a native, uh, a New Yorker, but I mean, there's just something special about that building. There's just something special about being in New York city and playing in a professional contest. Well, it's Madison Square Garden. It's, yeah. you know, considered one of the best, if not the best venue in the world, right? Right, right. So, uh, yeah, playing the Rangers, it just, it was so easy for me to get up to to play against them just because that was my team growing up. And I was a huge, you know, Rangers fan, um, you know, as a child. So it was just, you know, the natural adrenaline would just start, you know, rushing and it would just, you know, focus me, you know, right in against them. Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering when you and Lundqvist are going back and, you know, you're both making like 50 saves a game and one of you win, do you, I mean, how aware of you of the guy on the other side, you know, across the ice from you in the net or he's having a good game or, or because I've always heard from several goalies I've talked to over the years that, Deep down, you're always rooting for the other guy too, <laughs> you know, because because you're goalies. There's only two on a team, and that that there is kind of a a secret fraternity of you guys where there is so much respect between NHL goaltenders. Not that skaters and all that kind of stuff don't have the same thing, I guess, but 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 that it, it is a kind of a special and unique bond. Is that true? I think it is. I I never liked um, you know seeing a guy get pulled. Uh, especially if it was someone, you know, that I really, you know, looked up to, like whether it was Tuca or, um, uh, Henrik or Pekka or, you know, somebody, you know, along those lines, like it was, it was always fun for me as a goalie. It was sort of like a game within the game, right? you know, not only are you playing against, uh, um, the opposing team, but you're also playing against that, uh, that goalie. So it was, uh, and, and you had to outduel him. So, you know, sometimes it's, you know, out of your hands and everything like that, but, uh, um, never liked seeing one of my opposing net minders get pulled because, uh, it, you know, obviously been there, done that. <laughs> it's, it's never, ever fun. But, you know, I, I mean, your rivalry or maybe even friendship with Pekka though, does that, 
Does that was what was he? Was he a Milwaukee uh, admiral or something when you were in Grand Rapids? I mean, you guys have really been competing against each other for a number of years. Yeah, I mean, we started competing together against each other. Uh, I was twenty one and he was twenty two, so it was it was a while of him and I uh, uh, going back and forth against uh, each other in the pipes. And uh, the first time I ever met him. Uh, was at the AHL All-Star Game in, in Binghamton, New York. And uh, our friendship just sort of, you know, blew up from there. You, you know, he's such a such a nice, kind, humble uh, human being that it's, uh, it's kind of hard not to, you know, like a guy and, and root for a guy like that. Well, you know, it's really because I know based on your friendship with Pekka Rene, I, 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 I kind of like him. You know what I mean? It's because with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's vouched for him. He's got to be pretty cool, you know. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think that that's the one thing that I, you know, that I've been privileged in my career is, is, is to see the camaraderie and respect that you guys have for one another. Sure, you drop the gloves or, you know, there's rivalries and, you know, we can go on and certain teams you hate and, you know, mm -hmm. you don't like, but, 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 but at the end of the day, I mean, you guys are, are all pretty much on the same page and have enormous amounts of respect for each other. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, for instance, I'll give you one example. One of the guys I hated the most, you know, playing against was Steve Ott. <laughs> right. He comes to Detroit now he's my good buddy. We talk, you know, we talk all the time. I always send him text to see how he's doing. He does the same thing here. So it's uh, it's crazy, you know, how much, uh, you know, that mutual respect is for, for everyone out there. And, uh, you know, it just you come to realize, well, that guy's got a job to do and he's going to do it no matter, you know, who he's playing against or who he's playing for. You know, when you announce your retirement and it, it becomes official – uh, what was the outpouring like? Who did you hear from? Or was there one maybe message or something that kind of sent you over the top and was like, wow, man, I kind of, this this blows me away? Uh, it was just the, the – just so much support from everyone. I can't just pinpoint just one text or one person. It was just – on all social media platforms of it rolling in, uh, you know, on the congratulations and, you know, have fun with your, uh, with your, your family and your kids growing up and everything like that from fans to, to ex teammates to, you know, my, my family and friends, like it was just the outgrowing of support and, it, you know, it meant the world to me. So, so, so Ozzy didn't like send you a text and say, Jimmy, now that it's over, let's be honest, you sucked or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So that's good. good. No, I think, I think Ozzy didn't even congratulate you. I don't even think he called and congratulated me. He was like, oh, okay, where are we going golfing? Where are we going golfing? All right, now that you got the career out of the way, let's start having some fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting. I want to wrap this up, and I, and I wouldn't do that, but you were it's such a uh, – uh, such a high-end player, such a star in this league for a long time. I want to ask you just a couple of things because people will say, "I've say, oh yeah, I did a podcast with Jimmy Howard. Oh, what did he say? What did you know? Um, <clears throat> who was the best player you you think you ever played against?" That's a great question. I'd have to probably Patrick Kane. Really, the the old the, the a guy from uh, from upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know. Sorry, Red Ring fans. I know I'm saying a Blackhawk, but I mean the amount of skill, the amount of skill that guy had, and 
you know, I put him right up there uh, with, you know, Sid for being, I, I know, Red Wing fans, once yeah. again, I'm just saying Sid, but, you know, those guys are just, you know, so talented. And uh, those two guys, the, the way they made, you know, people around them so much better made it, you, you know, life as a goalie very, very difficult. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you. I mean, you you know, you've already said Kane. You said Sidney Crosby. I uh, know. You might I as know. well. You, you might as well say Michael Jordan's your all-time favorite athlete. If you really want to. <laughs> oh my God. you really want to get me in trouble here. Yeah, Jordan, really. Huh? I mean, boy, boy, I know you wore. I feel like I'm walking the plank right now, Art. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Jimmy. Uh, uh, how about uh, uh, again going back to Ozzy? I know that Ozzy never wanted to see. Al McGinnis's slap shot. I think, I think Al McGinnis at least two or if not three times broke bones in Ozzy's fingers and hand uh, on shots. Who had the hardest shot that you ever faced? Well, the two guys you never wanted to see wind up for a slap shot were Shea, uh, Shea Weber and Zidane Ochara. Oh wow! Yeah, whenever whenever Weber wound up, you're like, oh, just don't hit me. Just don't hit me. <laughs> please hit the, please hit the glass of the post. Please hit the glass of the post. I mean, they know they have hard shots. I mean, as a goaltender, you know, like you know, like if you see them in an all-star game or, you know, out and about or something, uh, do you ever tell them how hard your shot is or, or is that too much of a competitive advantage? You don't, you don't want them to know any what you think about his shot. No, I've never said to anyone, oh, you shoot too hard. Please, please tone it down a little bit. Hey, man, like, like I have four kids now. What are you doing to me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and then maybe the best team you ever faced. I mean, when you got off the ice, whether win, lose, or draw, you know, a one-time draw, I guess, but uh, that, you know, you just said, my, my God, this this team is stacked. This is like the best team I've ever I've ever competed against. Wow, you're you're crushing me with this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, let's be honest. You, 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 there's a lot of good teams in the NHL, as we all know. Yeah, and there's been a lot of good teams over the years that we've, uh, you know, we faced. Uh, one team where you just, I don't know, off the top of my head. You kind of stumped me on this one. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I think it's a difficult question to answer. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm eager to hear get a response from you because I know, I mean, when you just look at it, especially now where it seems that there's so many good teams in the NHL, uh, I, I wonder if there's uh, – how about maybe a particular team that you love to battle against? Was it the Rangers? Was it uh, – did you always look forward to uh, – you know, I'm going to do well against the Kings and make sure that they should have drafted me with one of those first-round picks or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I can give you the team that I always struggled against, I felt like. What team was that? The Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I don't I don't think I ever lasted a game up there in Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. Between Atlanta and Winnipeg, I don't think I ever lasted a game, uh, a full game up there. And if I did... It was maybe one. I, I know You'd the original. Look that up, really, because I was okay. You know, I definitely will because I, I I'm curious about that because I know the original uh, Winnipeg Jets, who then turned out to be the Arizona Phoenix Coyotes. 
I know that certain <laughs> certain Red Wing players told me they were always freaked out by that portrait of the Queen that used to hang in their arena. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I I don't know if the new arena or you know where the Jets play now if that they, they still have the portrait very, but it was no. prominently displayed. So uh. no, no, the Queen's not hanging up there at the MTS Center in, in Winnipeg. It was uh, always that damn Jet that they played right before the opening face-off. It was like, oh, God, Jimmy, buckle up. Here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would imagine, I mean, I've been to games in Canada. I mean, it, it, it is a little it is a little bit different crowd, I guess. But, uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, I would imagine when it's concerned to you, there's nothing like uh, uh, being in net at Joe Louis Arena or even Little Caesars Arena. Oh, nothing, you know, nothing compared to playing at the Joe um or little caesar's arena i mean the joe just had that you know special aura about it and you know with all the history that um you know dated back uh to you know what was the first year of the joe 1979 78 79 78 yeah right around there i I remember the all-star game with gordy howe i mean well you know what it was probably it might have been eight because I know that they had to get it done. The Joe was rushed together not to get the Red Wings there because they still had Olympia that they could play in, but it was for the 1980 Republican National Convention where Ronald Reagan was nominated his first term as president. He was actually nominated at uh, uh, Joe Louis Arena uh, in Detroit in 1980. Wow, this has been good trivia for myself today too because I did not know that. <laughs> what president... Uh, was nominated uh, at the Republican convention in uh, at Joe Louis Arena. See, see who can tell you yeah. that, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, they 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 had to. Uh, I mean, I, God bless the Joe. I still don't understand how you can design an arena with uh, with two levels and only one concourse. But uh, you know, <laughs> hey, 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 uniquely Detroit. Uh, that, and I'm a native Detroiter, so I think I can say that. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jimmy, any final parting shot? Any thought that you want to say or? As, as we wrap this thing up. I uh, just, thanks for having me. Art. It was uh, great. Once again, obviously you and I can sit here and talk for hours, but uh, you know, every, I think that final buzzer is, you know, gone off and we got to, <laughs> Got to dial it back here now. Yeah, we're done. yeah. Well, all right. Well, you know, you you know, you're always you're one of my all time favorites. I I wasn't BSing when you when I said that podcast I did with you and your dad is one of the highlights of the Red and White Authority. Uh, you're always a stand up guy. It looks like the dog needs to be walked. Uh, but uh, uh, but you know, Jimmy, I just want to say, being a native Detroiter, having a guy like you play for the Red Wings, wear my team's colors. And uh, that that, uh, that wing wheel logo didn't get much better than that. Thank you for everything. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Art. Thanks for having me once again, man. All right. Take care. That, thanks, Jimmy. We'll see you.